What's up, podcast? Welcome to another episode of The Essential 11, brought to you by Acton Academy and Acton Academy Plaster. Today's guest uh, could not have come on at a better time. So in 2004, this guy was a hedge fund analyst, started making some math tutorials for his cousins, and now many years later, we've got millions and millions of registered users from over 200 countries around the world. Everybody's heard of Khan Academy, and we have Mr. Sal Khan with us today. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Check it out. And we are recording with Mr. Sal Khan. So we were just getting this started, man. We're talking about this whole coronavirus and all this craziness. How are you holding up, sir? It's interesting. I'm, I'm walking around an empty parking lot uh, with, with just my uh, jogging pants and a sweater on. Nice. <laughs> so it's a little dystopian. Uh, but no, my, my family, I mean, we're in a fortunate situation and I know a lot of people are in a lot tougher situations and, you know, on the Khan Academy side of things, it's been really interesting. A couple of weeks ago, we started seeing traffic pick up from Asia. We started getting letters from, uh, uh, from teachers, especially in yeah. South Korea saying how their school closures, they were using Khan Academy to, to navigate it. And so about two weeks ago, our team said, maybe that might happen in the U S we never imagined how fast it would happen. I but over the last know. week, we've been trying to put resources together for students, parents, teachers. You know, Khan Academy, luckily, we could have never imagined this scenario. But kind of what we've been working on for the last 10 years is, 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 is strangely well suited for the situation that we find ourselves in. So we've just been trying to educate people about it. Uh, and we've, we launched some schedules that students and teachers and parents could use to structure yeah. their days for different age groups. You know, people know us for math, but we're much more than videos. We have exercises. We have uh, ways to get feedback and practice. Uh, we just launched some English and language arts. We have official SAT practice, which is math, reading, and writing. We have uh, the sciences, chemistry, physics, biology, computer science, economics. So we think we can cover most of what students need uh, from K. We have Khan Academy Kids for the early learning crowd. That's for ages three to six. Right. So we think we can cover folks. And we're just doing whatever else we can. We're doing a daily live web stream or, or live streams uh, on social media just to connect people. We're kind of calling that a homeroom. We're running webinars for folks so they can teachers, parents, so they can understand how to use the resources. And we've just been seeing our traffic. You know, on, on Monday, it was up 50% year over year. Tuesday, it was up 80%. I just got data for yesterday. It was up 100%. So it's accelerating. So wow. we're just trying to keep the servers up too. Wow. <laughs> Dude, I mean, so this has been this has been super interesting. So, I mean, obviously, we're in, you know I'm in the same state as you, right? We're in California, and so we're getting all of these, we're having these school closures, and you know, you know that we're part of the Acton Academy network, and um, you know, you've worked closely with with us here in the network for for quite a while, and so we have been, you know, we've obviously utilized Khan Academy for when we have badges all around Khan Academy. We utilize the, those programs. It's it's one of our mainstays, right? And so. What has been super, super interesting is as we have now as a network kind of gone virtual as well, it has been amazing to watch so many things take place. One, our Acton Academy kids are transitioning into this whole virtual world pretty seamlessly. Like we're having no problem. We're still collaborating. You know, the kids are still jumping on having their morning meetings and then they are, they're so used to utilizing platforms like yours and predominantly yours that we're really not skipping a beat. The other thing that's interesting that is happening 
is I have so many of my teacher friends that are in traditional environments, so many school districts that I have spoken to over the last five or six years that I've consulted with and tried to help, so many administrators that are coming to me in these last few days. I've got no less than probably 50 emails, phone calls of people saying, what do we do? We are not set up for this. And the first thing, I mean, I, I can't even get to them all, but I just tell, look, get your kids going to con. I mean, go there right away. And I have to, I have to imagine you guys are going to see, and it's going to be, I mean, a massive proof of concept as if you need it at this point. But I mean, I can't imagine the traffic you're seeing. Yeah, we'll see. I, you know, I think uh, it's great that y'all are doing that. And Acton Academy, exactly right. You know, we have a school. It's interesting. Uh, Jeff and Laura, who started Acton, yep. back in the day when they started it, you know, I think they were being overly generous, but they said, hey, you know, we looked at some of the stuff that you've been talking about. And we wanted to put that stuff to work. And then I was inspired by what they've done with the Acton Network, what all of y'all have done. Yeah. And so we started a lab school under our offices uh, that has a lot of the same principles. Uh, yep. It's kind of a cousin organization to Acton, but same idea. And, and I got to say the same thing. You know, my my 11, I have three children, my 11 year old and my eight year old, they didn't miss a beat. They're more productive than I am at, <laughs> at home. So cool, they man. got their schedules, they know their agency, you know, and, and I think that um, that speaks to this model of during the school year, if you're able, if we're able to essentially give kids that meta skill of agency yeah. and, and kind of self-organization that carries on no matter what life throws at them. So that's been, I agree, pretty powerful. And yeah, I think it's all of our job the resources exist. We just got to get people to know about it, give them the supports because it's not easy to do it overnight. It takes right. a couple of, you know, mind shift changes, but I think it's doable. That's exactly right. It's a mind shift, a mind, you know, a mind shift. And then it's also just a systemic shift overall. And it's just getting yep. them, like you said, it's not going to happen overnight, but at least, you know, in trying to look at the bright side of a circumstance like this, I think it's going to at least perpetuate the conversation, you know, get people to see like, Hey, wait a second. Okay. This, this makes sense. If something like this, this makes sense. We can adapt more easily this way. So no, I love it. And we obviously owe you a debt of gratitude because this is something that, um, you know, even as I gone through my journey coming out of public school and, and, uh, started teaming up with Jeff and Laura and looking at launching here in Northern California, you know, one of the resources they have us read as we're applying to be able to open our own act. And one of the resources that we read is one room schoolhouse, you know, and it's phenomenal. Um, you know, and if you haven't shifted your mindset already, that definitely helps do that. So kudos, kudos to you and, and kudos to everything you're doing. I know when I told my kids, my own, you know, my kids are nine, seven and four and the nine and seven year old, when I told them I was going to get to talk to you today, they're like, Oh, you know, they could care less about some of the other people I've talked to be like, Oh, Con that's awesome. You're talking to Khan Academy. I mean, it was, <laughs> they didn't care, you know, Sal Con. I'm like, yeah, no, it's Sal Con. They're like, Oh, you're talking to Khan Academy. That's awesome. Tell them. Thank you. So, um, you know, we all you big debt of gratitude. Good stuff. Well, your, your kids are about the same age as my kids. Once we're right. done with social distancing, we can have a play date. Yeah, there you go, man. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, speaking of kids, this is, you know, the, the essential 11, we took 11 questions from, from youth ages 13 to 22. Uh, we did this focus group of about 1500. And so we said, we're going to go to operators, people that are making things happen and changing the world. And, you know, people that are on their hero's journey, and we're going to ask them these 11 questions on your behalf so that you can get their insight. Are you, uh, you ready to, to rock those? I'm excited. Beautiful, man. So, well, first one is very easy. So who inspires you? Who are one or two people you would consider, uh, you know, either as a, as a mentor or somebody that you just kind of look to on a consistent basis? Yeah. And I, I'm always careful when I answer this question, because I'm going to name people that I don't want to, you know, I don't even have delusions that I'm in anywhere close to the same category, but they're definitely, <laughs> they're, they're definitely people throughout history and some alive that, that I, I've, I've taken inspiration from. I mean, I've, I've always been inspired by uh, the folks that have a little bit of irreverence to them, 
uh, a good sense of humor. They don't take themselves seriously, but when push comes to shove, they kind of they, they, they kind of make stuff happen. Yeah. Uh, you know, ben, Benjamin Franklin is, is is near the top of my list. He's nice. hilarious. Uh, for any of the kids out there who haven't read some of his quotes, he would be he could be a stand up com- comic today. For sure. Uh, but he was also people don't realize like he was a world class scientist and a world class publisher and one of our founding you know yeah. founders of, of our of our of our of our of, of of a new type of not just our country but a new type of governing uh, oneself so he's a really interesting character you know i i put, kind of put mark twain in that same category if you go yeah, like you know absolutely. A, a little uh, uh, in the, into the 19th century and then you know if, if you I, I could keep coming up with with names but it, you know in, in modern times uh, you, you know, I, I can't help but be inspired by some of the stuff that Elon Musk is doing. Yes. You know, uh, he's, sure. he's, he's, he's daring to at least attempt things that even governments w- would have thought were hard for them to do. Yeah, And I think absolutely. that's super inspiring. That's I love that you put that too because you see it kind of that common thread. I love that you talked about a little bit of kind of the irreverence too. Like I and I get that you get a little bit of the rebel in all of those guys. And it was funny. I was you know we're we're hosting uh, TEDx Roseville here this summer, um, and so it was I was meeting with one of our one of one of our speakers, and he's a neat guy, amazing story. He was really one of the pioneers of bringing skateboarding into modern culture with you know along with like Tony Hawk and Rob Deerdeck and all of those guys. And um, you know we're our whole theme is a theme the the hero's journey and he's really taken it from the skateboarding perspective kind of the the anti-hero approach and saying sometimes it's those irreverent guys it's some of those anti-heroes that are so rooted and so fundamentally true to who they are those are the people that a lot of times end up inspiring us more than even your traditional heroes and i you know there's kind of a common thread with those guys that you're naming so that's pretty yeah sometimes these personality types can have very high variance outcomes actually i'll throw one other hero because i think it's a different type of hero uh, it's actually a student who's a good bit younger than me. Yeah. Uh, this is a young girl that uh, about eight years ago, the Taliban take over her town in Afghanistan. Mm. They forbid all of the young girls from going to school. She was about 12 years old at the time. So she's at home just doing chores. Her brother-in-law uh, sees that she really wants to learn, gets her a laptop, kind of a low-cost laptop and a basic internet connection. And she, that becomes her lifeline. She just is doing 14 hours of chores a day, cooking and cleaning for the family. Mm. But then two hours when everyone else is sleeping, she somehow finds Khan Academy and she goes on Khan Academy from really elementary school level, but she gets through algebra, physics, chemistry, biology, and she decides that she wants to become a, a theoretical physics researcher in the United States. Wow. And she hears on the internet that the SAT might be useful. So it wasn't administered in Afghanistan. She lies to her parents and smuggles herself across one of the, the most dangerous borders in the world into Pakistan to take the SAT. Just, wow. just to have a shot of coming yeah. to the U.S. And, and to study. She does amazingly well for someone who's self-taught in English, self-taught in pretty much everything. And that's when I find out about her. I started getting emails from people on the Internet. It's like, you have to hear about her story. I start emailing people that I knew it wasn't working. Nicholas Kristof at the New York Times writes an op-ed about her, says, meet Sultana, the Taliban's worst fear. People can Google that up, read the article. But wow. that got her political asylum. And that Sultana, she ended up going to Arizona State University, uh, kudos to Arizona State because they, they they allowed her to come. For Obviously, sure. she had a hot she had a hodgepodge transcript because <laughs> it was, That's all it right. was a, yeah. a real one. And uh, but now uh, this this past summer she was doing quantum computing research at Caltech. So that's another hero that I know personally. 
uh, that, that I, you know, I take a lot of inspiration from. And I think about how many more sultanas there are in the world no if we doubt. just allow people to tap into their potential. No doubt about it. That's, I mean, the, uh, so many ways I want to go with that. And, and including like, you know, I, I work with so many, so many of these districts and they're like, oh, you know, we want to make sure that there's, you know, we're working on the underserved population and the underserved population. And I go, man, sometimes it's these people that have it all that are in these areas of where, you know, these kids that have mom and dad always to fall back on and they're overprivileged. Sometimes I think they're the most underserved because they don't have the chip on their shoulder to allow them to drive through, you know, that young girl is a prime example. She's like, no, no, I'm going to make something like this happen. So I love hearing stories like that. That's beautiful. Love and just that. on that point, real, you know, I think there's oftentimes people conflate underserved or underrepresented or yeah. uh, low income with underperforming. And yeah. we've seen that's, that, that's not a correlation to your point. Some yeah. of the, the kids with the biggest fire in their belly are those kids are like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be the first in my family to go to college. I'm going to support my family. Yes. Uh, and those, those are, those are the kids that once they get going, no one's going to stop them. That's exactly right. And I can tell you that from an employer standpoint, those are the, those are the people at the top of my list. I, I take them in a heartbeat. Right. I mean, that's exactly yeah. it. Um, so number two is talking about, so self-confidence is obviously a, a, something that's a big topic here, especially with our youth. And so um, do you consider, the question really is, do you consider yourself somebody who's relatively self-confident? And if so, is that something you had to develop or are there certain habits that you do to, uh, to kind of maintain that self-confidence? You know, it's both. I think in all of our yeah. minds, we, we have these voices in our head that are like, you can do this. You got this out. If you don't do it, who's going to do it? But then you have other voices in your head. They're like, why you? Don't you feel like a little bit of an imposter? The imposter uh, why? Yeah, exactly. So I think everyone struggles with those things. Uh, for me, I've, I, I think, and you know, in, in all fairness, I think I got positive feedback in certain areas of my life uh, when I was in school. And so I started to believe in myself a little there bit more go. in those areas. Yep. But it's interesting. When I was young, people would have thought that I'm actually reasonably shy. I can't really speak much. Um, my mom used to think that I'm kind of like not the social one. <laughs> like I didn't know how to deal with people. Uh, and and when I, so I was in high school, I actually intentionally put myself out of my comfort zone so that I could get better at those things. Oh, I did that. things like run for student government. I tried to, you know, I went to speech and debate when I went to college because those are, I, I joined an improv comedy troupe when I got, went to college oh, because those cool. are the things, those are the things I was like, that's going to make me stretch and grow. Uh, but simple answer, it's both. You know, even today I'm constantly you know, I have big ideas and I want to do it, but then I sometimes second guess myself. I'm like, who are you, Sal? Why do you think you're going to do it? All these other people disagree. And oftentimes they're right. You know, so it's not like always just, you know, power through everything. You got to listen to everybody. But then at the end of the day, you got one life to live and, and, and you just got to, you know, to some degree say, I, I, ha I am what I am. Let me just put it out there and see if it can, if it can help the world a little bit. I have to say one thing that's really helped me is, I started to meditate a lot and, you know, people think of meditation as this, you know, I mean, it is, it can be a spiritual experience, but it right. really is just a way to still, still the mind and recognize that all of these things that we take seriously in our life, what people think of us, our, our identity, our personas, our wealth, our, our reputation, these are human constructs. These are in, literally in our minds and other people's minds. They're not laws of physics. They're not like a, that tree that I'm looking at right now. They, they exist in our minds. Actually, the tree exists in my mind too, but that's another topic. But when you realize that, it liberates you from that a little bit. And then you say, you know what? I'm just, a, I'm just this conscious being in this universe and I'm just going to enjoy it and do my best. And that gets me past some of my insecurities.
That's awesome, man. I love that. And I love that you brought in the physical discipline of that too, because that is another one of those, you know, kind of what are the physical disciplines and meditation is something that has really been taken off. And I remember a conversation with, uh, with actually Gary Vaynerchuk too, where he really thinks this is going to be something that culturally speaking, meditation is going to continue to kind of be um, on the rise. And we've had a few guests that have talked about that too, but connecting that, that physical discipline of the meditation to, um, you know, kind of that understanding and alleviation of, of any kind of potential anxiety or imposter syndrome. Um, I think that's, I think that's fantastic, man. Um, what about now? Obviously, you you know, reimagining education is something that uh, that you are living and breathing. And so in acting, you know, we're, we're in a very similar kind of space. And so um, one of the things that we want to focus on is obviously real world experiences, real world advice. And so one of the questions that we got from the youth was, hey, we don't often get a lot of real world financial advice as we go through the traditional school system. So um, if you had to speak you know, to that, and I know there's a million different things you could say, but if you had to give one specific piece of financial advice, um, and again, kind of ominous times to be talking about the financial advice, but, you know, again, from to our youth, you know, 13 to 22, what would you say to them for uh, just something to take away from that financial piece? I have a lot to say on this front. That, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> I think get good at recognizing what you truly need and what truly makes you happy. And I think you'll recognize that those things don't cost much. And, yeah. you know, I, I grew up in a household. My mom, she was a cashier at a convenience store making minimum wage. You know, the year I applied for financial aid out of college, I think my mom made $15,000. I think mm -hmm. if you inflation adjusted, that's like 20 or 25,000. So, you know, I was on free lunch. And, but we yep. lived well because we, my mom cooked, you know, we would reuse paper towels, literally. I remember like we'd use them and then we'd hang them up to dry so we could reuse them again. Yeah. Um, and, and it's that type of frugality, you know, we, we, my mom raised us better and she was a single mom, mother. She lived, she was able to give me and my sister better comforts that really mattered than some of my friends whose parents were doctors or engineers or whatever else, because they didn't know how to use those resources. So learn, learn to be frugal, learn what you really need. What you really need is close connection with people and basic necessities. I think, you know, beyond that, um, you know, be wary of, 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 schemes to get rich fast <laughs> that Man, doesn't really no doubt. happen no doubt wh 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 whenever you see these stories of people who seem like they become millionaires or billionaires overnight first of all uh, that's not the way it happens those people yeah. persevered hit walls yeah. got pushed down 30 20 times year, the 20 year overnight exactly. success you know exactly and then you just hear about the 31st time that it worked and it seemed mm -hmm. like it happened overnight mm -hmm. if if you're getting into any investment decision my uh, portfolio manager used to tell me this when i used to work at, as an analyst at a hedge fund if you think something is a, if you think buying something is a good deal, you, you're, you're assuming that the person selling it to you somehow doesn't know what you know. So why do you think? <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good perspective, man. What do you know that? They, so, yeah. so there's a, and, and, and likewise, if you're selling it, what is that buying person thinking? And, you know, keep your arrogance and your ego in check. And so uh, I, I think those general principles and also just, you know, early in your life, if you really invest in yourself, always be willing to uh, step out of your comfort zone. You know, I, I've been managing and working with people now for, for 20 years in professional life. Yeah. And the people who always do well, irrespective of where they went to school or what their grades were like in, in school or their test scores, are the people who are always like, what more can I do? Give me feedback. No, I really want feedback. I want constructive feedback. When you give them that feedback, mm. they love it. You know, most of us, I get defensive. If someone yeah. starts giving like, me, how a, dare you. you know, yeah. they, you know, that's what you think in your head. And you're like, okay, okay, I'm just going to, you know, feedback is a gift. But it's the people who really eat you know, take in that feedback, process it and act on it and are always willing to step up. Uh, they, they're, they're always going to do well and career wise and so financially. Good. 
So good. So as an employer, and this actually feeds right into the next question too, as an employer, is that one of the main things you're looking for? And, you know, the question stems around just, you have somebody coming, you know, young person coming to work for you and, and what do you want to see from them? Is it, is it that, um, that true desire to really want that feedback and actually flourish with that and go forward and actually try to make change? That's exactly right. I mean, you, you know, you, you obviously, depending on the role, people need to come with some good hard skills uh, sure. depending on what the role is. So you definitely have to, and so I would encourage, it's just not about getting the degree or even getting a grade. It's actually about mastering the skills yeah. and showing what you can do with it. Uh, you know, I, I care more about, it. there could be one candidate who's a 4.0 in computer science, but has never created anything. And there's another candidate that's a 3.5, but can show me five apps they've built uh, that are really yep. cool. Bingo. I would hire the second person every, every time. Bingo. And then I would also want to see that as, as bright and capable as they are, that they want to learn, they want to grow, they realize that there's something that they can get from, you know, fr from the, from the environment and that they're willing to be a, a team player and, and invest in others. And you know, that those people are going to do, are going to do awesome. No, I love that. I think that's great. I'm, I'm super grateful for the, uh, for the grade point um, analogy as well. Cause I mean, that's absolutely true. And I, I think that's true of any employer out there. I mean, I think that's, I don't think that's, a, I think it's a no brainer. I love that. So uh, question number seven is here around discipline. So, you know, Jocko Willing says discipline equals freedom. And we talk about that here at Acton and, and freedom and responsibility are, are absolutely linked. So what is something that you personally have developed discipline around doing that you don't really want to do, or maybe you didn't really want to do, but you knew you had to do it anyways. It was kind of the means to an end. Oh, my life. <laughs> If, if, my, if my friends were listening to you right now, they'd be laughing because I'm like a poster child for, for everything you just talk about. <laughs> I, I wake up first thing in the morning. I make my bed. I do that religiously. Yeah. It gives me a win to start the day. And I yeah. make my bed seriously. I'm very judgmental of when people don't <laughs> like, like I, I, I deconstruct the bed and then reconstruct it like, you know, the sheets That's <laughs> and, hilarious. And, and make sure everything is, you know, no wrinkles. I do that. Then I meditate. I do 30 minutes every morning, every day. Then I do as many handstand push-ups as I can. Then I do as many push-ups as I can. Then I run into the garage, do some pull-ups. Then I get ready and then I go to work. So that's kind of my, my morning discipline. Yeah. And then on top of that, I, I've been on this uh, intermittent fasting trend far before it was trendy. Oh, nice. <laughs> so yeah. on an average day, part of my discipline is I, I, you know, I, most, um, most cultures, especially kind of, I, I don't want to self-aggrandize, but warrior cultures, there's this guy who came out with the warrior diet. Corey he points Hoffmaker, out that- yeah. Yeah, you know, you know about it. So, yeah, you know, man. People, it, it, when we were hunter gatherers, you, you, you only eat after you work hard. Right. <laughs> you know, right. You don't, you don't like munch on crackers all day. Yeah, just You're because like, you woke up. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm a big believer of I, 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 I allow my. I know this, this will sound extreme. I don't recommend everyone do it. I've, I've grown into this. I, I only did it after I've reached my full height, my towering height of five eight and three fourths. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but. <laughs> But, but what I like to do, I, I discipline myself a lot in that way too, which is like, if I can get done what I want to get done in the day, then I can relax and eat and, and do other, <laughs> do other yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. So man. I often go 20 hours without food, but I, yep. I, I'm healthy. You know, I don't want to support any eating disorders or anything like that. I'm a healthy uh, weight. No. Yep. No, totally. Totally. No. And I think that's great. And to be honest, I, I actually resonate. I mean, I'm very much in the same camp as with almost everything you said, except for the fact that we definitely cheat on the bed making. We have these things called Bettys. You literally just zip it up and the bed's made. Like we're super cheating. Bettys? Um, yeah. yeah. They're called Bettys. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like this sleeping bag that kind of attaches 
over the mattress. I mean, you get up and you literally just zip it closed. The bed's made. It's the, it's the best thing ever. It's the only way I ever make my bed. Um, it's super, super cheating. But other than that, I'm with you, <laughs> I'm with you on everything else. Yeah, no, those things are legit, man. My wife found them and it's been, um, I'm like, okay, now I'll help you make the bed. Uh, so yeah. Those, <laughs> um, so how about this one? What is one piece of common knowledge? Everybody knows this, but Sal says, yeah, but I disagree. So That's one piece of one. common knowledge, um, not, not to go too much on the dietary one, but you know, mm. even this, this whole yeah. intermittent fasting, I think is an example of it, but there's many examples of it. I, I, mean, I even talked about it in one little schoolhouse, which is, you know, uh, you, you have these, 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 these things like, Oh, eat many small meals a day. And for many people it works. Uh, but there actually wasn't really good data on that forever. Yeah. And, and, and nutritionists were saying it. And then when people, you know, and obviously many traditions have had fasting as part of it, people would anecdotally say it's good. But only recently, you know, people have started to see that actually, you know, at least in mouse models, uh, they've been able to, that, that having food and, and more confined periods and more, and more confined windows, especially if it goes with your circadian rhythm, is actually right. quite good for you. Yeah. Um, so that's one of those myths. You know, there's things like for many years, people said don't eat cholesterol because it raises your blood cholesterol. Yeah. But then they realized that ingested cholesterol and, and blood cholesterol no actually aren't as not yeah, not as linked as people thought. Yeah, Sugar yeah. is actually the thing you should avoid, Bingo. and uh, and that will drive your cholesterol even higher. But the the for thirty years people weren't eating the fats and the cholesterol, and then they were substituting that with sugars. <laughs> so there, so that on the dietary front, I think you could find a lot of a lot of misconceptions like that. I could probably. Uh, think of others in other domains, but you already had me on the diet trip. I love it. No, I think that's great. I think that's perfect. And and again, I want to be super respectful of your time too, because I know we're coming right up on on uh, where we're gonna where we're gonna kind of have a hard stop. So if you've got um, kind of a if you had to say just like a final piece of wisdom, just hey hey kids, the most important thing I could have shared with you today, if you only heard one thing that Sal said, make it this. What would you want to share with him? I would say enjoy that, enjoy the journey that's your life. Uh, you know, I just talked yeah, about the, yeah. the whole meditation. And yeah. one way to think about your life, and I, you know, this is completely in line with the hero's journey, is whenever you're faced with decisions, imagine that you're in like your own movie. And, you know, no yes. good movie it, it just goes straight from the beginning to the end with everything being rosy. It has to have tension. In it. You wouldn't want to watch a movie that didn't have tension, didn't Bingo. have moments where you're like, I'm biting my nails. Is this going to work out well? You wouldn't want to watch a movie where the hero isn't knocked down a couple of times and has to get up. And so that's you in literally your own, your own journey. And so I remind myself this all the time. But, you know, I have days that are not – that I, I feel insecure. I feel like things aren't going to work out well. And I just remind myself, Sal, every time you've done that, you, do, you might not sleep that night. You're stressed out. But a week later or a year later, you don't even remember what was stressing you out. And you're almost happy that it happened because you went on, a, on, a, on it, it pivoted you in the right direction or it made you a little bit stronger. So just remember that. You know, just power through those moments. Realize that stress is, is not a useful emotion unless you can channel it someplace. Exactly. Uh, and then I think and, and enjoy it. You know, recognize you're the sentient creature in this big mystery we call the universe. None of us really understands it. Uh, try to make sense of it and, and enjoy the ride. So good, man. Sal, I have been a fan forever, um, but even more so now, man. So thankful, not just for you taking your time, and uh, but just for your perspective, but everything that you're doing. You are, you're, you are 
you know, one of those people that is making an absolute impact in the world. And um, just to, to have you pour into these young people and get to spend a little time chatting with you, man, super big pleasure on my end, man. So thankful. No, it was a pleasure, Matt. And, and yeah, we should connect sometime. I'd love to trade notes about KLS and what you're doing and et cetera. Anytime. And, you know, I know you're, you're in Northern California here too. So if there's anything I can ever do and, and pop over there and help, and I mean, I'm glad to do it and, and um, vice versa would love to show you around campus sometime. And, um, you know, I'll send you some stuff around, uh, around TEDx too. If you know, you can be, be my guest, if it's something you'd be interested in checking out. Sounds good. Awesome. Cool. Thank you, my friend. Good Talk luck with later. everything out there, huh? Yeah, you too. All right, buddy. Thanks. Right. Bye-bye. Like I told him, man, was a huge fan before and an even bigger fan now. What a great guy. It was fun to, to talk to him and um, definitely look forward to continuing to connect with him. Hope everybody is doing well out there, staying safe, and uh, keep listening, man. And feel free to share. Uh, you got some downtime at the moment, so feel free to share and, and uh, review. And would love to hear who you guys would like to have on next on The Essential 11. See you next time.